Welcome to the Building Business Podcast, where we discuss stories about businesses, the individuals that made it happen, and lessons learned along the way. We love the entrepreneurial spirit, and we want to share inspiring stories. Thank you for joining us. Here is your host, Matt Theory. Thank you for joining us. In this episode, I'm joined by the president of an Atlanta-based film studio known for its best-in-class service. During this episode, we discuss my guest's journey from being a location scout in Philadelphia for several well-known Night Shyamalan movies to Los Angeles, where he worked several jobs in the film industry, including with the Jim Henson Company, Weed Road Pictures, and Riverfront Stages. After learning about the film tax credit opportunities in Georgia, he sought out an opportunity to be the head of a studio in Atlanta. His studio regularly hosts television and movie productions, including many Netflix productions, such as the hit series Ozark. In addition, his studio provides a hands-on learning experience for several interns every semester so as to provide the next generation of his industry practical experience during their educational journey. I'm honored to be joined today by Dan Rosenfeld, president of Third Rail Studios. Stick around to learn more about Dan and his company, Third Rail Studios. Dan, welcome to the Building Business Podcast. It's great to have you with me today. Hey, Matt. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. I'm very excited about this conversation. I've had an opportunity to listen to you speak before. I'm a big fan of you, your industry, and your business, Third Rail Studio, and wanted to learn more about all of those today. But I wanted to start off by asking you if you could tell my audience a little bit about you and your background. Sure. I grew up in Philadelphia, and I've been a movie and TV fanatic since I was born. Uh, Watching movies, I was a night owl. I would stay up late and just watch a ton of movies. And uh, I've really never wavered from it. Um, You know, a lot of people have dreams when they're little kids, and then those dreams kind of, you know, turn into some sort of reality. But I've always just wanted to work in film and TV. I didn't really know what it meant. And I think a lot of people who have an interest in it don't know what that means, meaning, you know, they didn't know what direction they wanted to go in. And and I certainly didn't. I just knew I wanted to be involved in in filmmaking and storytelling. I went to film school at Penn State, had a great experience there. So when I graduated from film school, you know, they pretty much said, go and be a production assistant, a PA on, on a physical production, on a movie or TV show. There's so many more facets to the industry. I wish I had learned about those in college. I think academia fails a little bit at the practical elements of how to get a job and what those jobs are after you've studied the kind of minutia of your your field. But I did that. I, I, I moved back to Philly. So uh, I was introduced to, uh, to Night Shyamalan, uh, the filmmaker in Philadelphia, by a mutual friend. He asked me if I had a camera and if I knew how to shoot uh, and if I had a car and knew my way around Philly. I I did and uh, pretty much hired me on the spot to uh, scout locations for him on the movie The Sixth Sense. I had never done uh, locations work. I had never heard of locations work in film school, so I had no idea what it was. But the concept is pretty simple, is that there are, you know, places that uh, need to be filmed, uh, scenes need to be filmed for certain characters' homes or an office building or you name it. And uh, our department was tasked with finding those places and uh, doing the contracts for them and working with the city to shut down city streets and roads and 
find parking and crew feeding for people. It's pretty much all the kind of logistics of the unit, the filming unit on the ground. And a lot of creative elements as well, which I really enjoyed learning about kind of architecture and the creative background to what Knight was looking for on the movie uh, as far as you know, geometrical patterns and color palette, etc. So really enjoyed it. I loved kind of being part of a film crew for the first time. And I did locations work for about two and a half years in Philadelphia. So I worked on uh, Knight's movie Unbreakable, which was the follow-up to The Sixth Sense, uh, a couple indie movies, music videos, did the East Coast portion of uh, the first Ocean's Eleven movie. And then after a couple of years, I just... Um, realized that being a crew member and not having a stable job, being a freelance person was just not my thing. I also never saw my family. I was working 16 hours a day and I vowed never to be a crew member again. And uh, I've made good on that. So I, I moved to Los Angeles shortly thereafter and I've had a wild career, um, which I can tell you about, If, uh, but I don't want to get too long winded here. Give us a little summary of the L.A. experience, because I assume from what you're going to tell us next about your experience in Georgia, that it had some impact on how you got to where you are today. It did. And I'll, I'll be brief. So when I moved to L.A., I was lucky enough to get a job at the Jim Henson Company. I was a I did post-production and physical production for them internally. So anytime any of the, the Muppet performers had to do anything around LA or shoot something at the studio. I was their production person. So I got to hang out with Kermit the Frog and, and friends often. And it was kind of a dream come true. Jim Henson was a, a real uh, hero of mine. Of course, he wasn't there when, wasn't around when I was there, but his spirit was. And I, I love those characters and those people. So had a great experience there. And then uh, I realized I wanted to get into kind of development and producing. And a friend of mine told me that that working at an agency might be the best way to get into a production company or a studio. So I, I was hired, luckily, to be an assistant to a literary agent. We represented writers and directors and helped them get jobs writing scripts or, or directing movies and really met so many people through that. It was the, really the best job I think I've had in the industry as far as connectivity because agents talk to everyone in town every week. Uh, so I really learned a ton and I met essentially like a class, my class of people who have been rising through the ranks since those years. And uh, I really enjoyed the experience. Only did that for 11 months, but I was able to secure a job as a story editor at a uh, Warner Brothers production company called Weed Road Pictures. Got to work on some amazing movies uh, with this producer and writer, Akiva Goldsman. He won an Oscar for A Beautiful Mind. When I was there, he produced Mr. and Mrs. Smith, Constantine, Hancock, I Am Legend, The Da Vinci Code, and and more. And I was there through that whole run, and it was just an incredible experience. And then um, I was looking on to, to bigger, greener pastures to try and find another kind of an executive job. Luckily, George Clooney and his producing partner, Grant Heslov, hired me to be a, a creative executive to help them uh, develop movies. And I worked on a few films with them, including Argo, which uh, which was a lot of fun to work on. And, and I learned a lot from those, those guys. And um, a development executive's job is to find material, find projects, help secure them, help hire writers, do notes on scripts, basically all the 
creative elements to get the project ready to finally film and get passed over to physical production people. Did that for a bunch of years, and then I was kind of feeling the tug of production again uh, because I was never on set anymore, and I found an opportunity to run a physical studio space at a place called Riverfront Stages, and uh, I had never done that job before. I will say this uh, as a side note. Almost every job I've had in my career I had never done before and knew nothing about. And uh, <laughs> I, and and I only say it as a, um, I guess, as a, a, a positive in that uh, if you are someone who can learn quickly and has some kind of agility to be in new situations, there is nothing that's off limits. Um, it may not work that way in every industry. You know, I know people look at resumes and you know, we'll only hire those who've done exactly those jobs before. But uh, in my industry, that's not quite the case. And uh, I'm, I'm lucky people gave me opportunities to do new things. But I, I learned on the job. And it's been a really exciting career because of that. You know, I've never been bored. And uh, so I ran the, the, the studio at, at Riverfront for about four and a half years. And then my wife and I are both from Pennsylvania. And our families are pretty much on the East Coast, some in Ohio, which they may consider that a coast. Uh, it's close enough, but uh, we were trying to get back east. And, you know, New York is in a certain way the same kind of grind that LA is as a city. I love Los Angeles and I love Southern, Southern California, but, you know, it's not an easy place to live. It can feel that way at times because the sun is shining, but uh, so much, but it's a tough place to live. So New York was kind of not on the radar and Philly didn't have quite as much production around as I wanted to. I also loved running a studio. And then all of a sudden, I started reading about Georgia and the tax incentive uh, that was in place here and how strong it was and how many productions were coming to Georgia because of that tax incentive. And I started poking around and I, I read an article in the Atlanta Business Chronicle about third rail studios uh, that, that was going to be built in Doraville. And I reached out to Michael Hahn, who was uh, one of the developers. He actually developed the property uh, and the studio. And on LinkedIn, I met him and just said, hey, I, you know, I run a studio and I'm looking for an opportunity to do the same in Georgia. And uh, he said, great, uh, we haven't broken ground yet, so it's going to be a while. So for, I stayed in touch with him for the next year or so. And then uh, luckily was given an opportunity to to become the president of the studio and uh, really thankful and grateful for for the chance to move here. I had never been to Georgia before coming here. The, uh, the tax incentive here in the film industry is the reason I live in Georgia and why I came here. And I'm very uh, thankful for that. Let's talk a little bit about Third Real Studio for just a moment. I think uh, from a broad painted brush, the general public understands that filming a movie or filming a commercial or doing a television show involves several different aspects of production other than just obviously the the, the big name talent that we see on the screen. Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about what infrastructure Third Rail Studios provides for the production of those types of projects. Absolutely. First, I guess I'll say that the difference between a studio like mine, Third Rail Studios, and a content creator like Netflix is that they they produce the content, they put the creative together, they have all those elements in place with the production itself. What we do as a physical studio production space is provide the 
space for them to do so. It's essentially uh, like space as a service. So it's a short-term lease deal where they require a lot of space for their different departments. So not only purpose-built large soundproof stages that everyone knows about, but also simple production space, production offices that will house their accountants and their locations department and their producers and office production assistants. They need places to be all day long, 12 hours a day at least. So we provide 30,000 square feet of production office space. We also have mill space available for them, about 70,000 square feet, which they use to actually construct the sets. They have their carpenters there. The, the mill is in full force every day where they're cutting pieces of wood and they're they're assembling sets or props and uh, also special effects uh, pieces. So we, we have about 70,000 square feet, feet of uh, just warehouse space for that. Um, and they come in, typically a TV show will be with us for about six or seven months. We currently have a show that's with us for a little over a year and they do everything there. They still go off into whatever city or state they're in to do location filming, but uh, they also build the interiors of a lot of these sets inside of our stages and they film there. So uh, when I say space as a service too, it goes beyond just having you know, the space for them to kind of hunker down and do their work. We once they're in the building, myself and my staff kind of act as a, a bit of a concierge service to them to make sure that the experience in the building is great. And it's almost like we're the a boutique best hotel in town, uh, a bizarro hotel for movies and TV shows uh, where we take care of them. We have a stage manager on the ground with them uh, and uh, we have someone at the front uh, desk who handles all the kind of security operations and the comings and goings of people there. And uh, we have a marketing person and an accountant. So so we're there to satisfy their needs while they're with us. We want them to come back every time on the next project uh, or if it's a TV show for the next season. So it's a, it's a really unique space in the commercial uh, real estate market. And I absolutely adore it. I, I think it's uh, a really uh, fun combination of film and TV creativity matched with a real estate angle that I never thought I'd be involved with, but I enjoy the details of. So it's a, it's a special kind of place. And I think our productions really appreciate that we bend over backwards for them. Now, aside from being located in Georgia, your location is central to a lot of convenient transportation. I wanted to kind of highlight that for the audience as well, being that you are just inside the 285 perimeter that circles Atlanta, you're near a, station for the marta service that runs directly to the airport and you Mm -hmm. have a bunch of other surface street and other arteries in the nearby area including interstate 85 so how how does the location of third rail studios impact your ability to provide these services yeah it's it's extremely important uh that we are in, in this kind of transit-oriented development that we're so close to both the uh, Doraville and um, Chambly-Marta stations, you know, as Atlanta has grown. I've only been here now uh, for four and a half years, but uh, even in that time, I've noticed that traffic has gotten a little bit worse and it's a little tougher to get around. And you want to be able to provide as many opportunities as you can for people to be able to take public transit to to your location so it's nice to have those right next to us to be 
inside the perimeter right near those those major uh, highway arteries is extremely important. A studio in and of itself doesn't require, isn't required to be near a city, you know, because it's such a kind of insular thing when they're filming at the studio, but all the other infrastructure around it is important, meaning when they're in the building, um, number one, just to get to it easily through the highway corridors or public transit is a is a huge deal. Nobody wants to drive too far to a studio, especially if they prefer to stay in, in the city's center somewhere. You know, a lot of our clients love Buckhead or Midtown or, I mean, some like to be in Grant Park or, you know, Inman Park. They're all, all around, but they need an, an easy way to get to us. And also, just for the sake of buying materials, buying lumber, you know, uh, we work with a company called Kofer Brothers and they're in in Tucker, which is 15 minutes from the studio. It's a super easy way to, to get their uh, lumber for set building and to have infrastructure of hotels and uh, long-term apartments. And there's a Whole Foods down the street in Chambly now and, you know, restaurants and bars and all those things that they might utilize on a social level is an important. And then also, uh, if they can find things, to, locations to film in is also a super important thing. So if they can uh, find a location that's three minutes from us, that's going to save them a lot of time and money on their company moves um, that, so they don't have to drive an hour away from a studio to get to a location and vice versa. So it's been incredibly satisfying to hear that from clients too, that you know it's just such an easy place to to work in and to get too. And it's, um, you know, it's part of the uh, assembly uh, mixed use development, which is kind of just starting to sprout up. Uh, this is, you might ask a question about this, but it's where the GM plant was. And, and to be next to that new development is uh, going to continue to make the studio, you know, really uh, in a good light. The General Motors Dorville assembly plant was at the same location and and obviously that's been scuttled and it's being redeveloped. Obviously having something like Third Rail Studios operating near and in that space makes it an attractive location for those other developments as well. So the benefit mm -hmm. to the local community in addition to the benefit to your studios is, is something that cannot be understated. Absolutely. Let's talk for a moment about the types of clientele for third rail studio. What, what's your typical clientele? I mean, you mentioned a little while ago, I think like Netflix doing production type work, obviously Netflix is a mm -hmm. huge content producer now, not just a streaming yeah. service or a, a formerly a DVD rental service. They've got right. so much of their own curated content. Do services like Netflix use your studio? They do. They do. In fact, they've, we've, predominantly had Netflix productions with us for the past three years. We have a, a lease agreement with them and uh, they've been a, an amazing partner and a great client of ours. And, uh, you know, no one makes more content on the planet than they do. And they've really changed the game for everyone. Uh, people are, you know, companies are, are either trying to catch up or at least produce enough content to ha have people watch on their own, uh, streaming services. Now you have Disney Plus and, and Apple, Amazon, Hulu. The players are making so much more right now. And it's it's really the, the golden age of television and, and really the golden age of content. And Netflix has 
has had a wide variety of things with us. They've had, uh, you know, a great show um, that that they did with Dolly Parton, uh, an anthology uh, called Dolly Parton's Heartstrings, which were scripted episodes based on some of Dolly's songs, well-known songs, the storytelling behind them. Uh, one of the nicest groups I've ever met in my life. She was a complete joy to have at the studio. Her producers are incredible, and it was uh, it was an example of you know, when from the top down, when someone is so kind and generous and positive, it it it, uh, it really permeates through the entirety of that that production. And um, Netflix also had a great show called Teenage Bounty Hunters. Uh, they did their first season with us last year. I can't believe it, but they they uh, canceled the show. It just must not have had the numbers, or I I don't know the reasons, but. What a great cast and crew as well, and uh, and we've got the show Ozark in their fourth season now, and uh, also one of the uh, kind of nicest and well-oiled machines I've I've ever seen. So um, we've had a lot of great luck with Netflix, and I'm I'm excited to see what's next. But we've also had you know Warner Brothers and New Line, we've had Sony, we've had Fox. So we, we pretty much, you know, we're there for all the major players who are going to come to Georgia and film. And um, if they haven't been with us before, they they quickly find out how we are different than other studios. Um, I will never knock any studio in town here because they're, they're all really nice facilities and they're all run really well. But we um, pride ourselves on going just the extra extra mile and bending over backwards to make sure our, our productions are are happy in Georgia, um, not just in our building. And uh, so any new client that we we bring in, they always want to come back. So it's it's been a great start for our studio. So we've talked a little bit about the small screen production that, that Netflix does. Georgia has also been a hub in the last several years for blockbuster movies. Uh, I think that some of the statistics show outside of Hollywood that Georgia is producing the most blockbuster type film production. Yes. Has Third Rail Studio had any part in in those larger screen productions? We have, although our size, you know, we are kind of a boutique place compared to some other studios in town. We have three 20,000 square foot stages, so 60,000 square feet. Most of these blockbuster movies use at a minimum uh, 120,000 square feet of stage at a minimum. Sometimes it's six stages to up to 10, 15 stages, like some of the Marvel, Marvel movies. So, uh, but our first client in, um, 2017, uh, was a Dwayne Johnson film called Rampage that, uh, that New Line and Warner Brothers did. And they took up our whole studio. They built, uh, a gigantic, uh, military, airplane in one of our stages corner to corner they built the top of the the willis tower the sears tower in uh in another stage and they also rented about 30 acres of our land where the gm plant was to build chicago city streets and uh and the willis tower at you know and they they destroyed those you know blew them up you name it and uh so it was a great first experience uh and a great test run for the studio to have a, a movie of that scope and we look forward to uh to more we also had a mark Wahlberg movie called mile 22 great action movie that um uh they built a, they built a house and lit it on fire inside of the stage and they had a uh, scene in a uh in a bakery where they put about 500,000 fake bullets in the walls and tore it to pieces. And, 
you know, so we've had had some great, great movies with scope as well. And then we've also had some smaller films. We had a Clint Eastwood movie called Richard Jewell, where they built uh, this was the, you know, true story of Richard Jewell, the security guard who found the found the bomb uh, during the, the Olympics here in Atlanta. They recreated his apartment building inside of our studio. So pretty much we can handle handle anything that's come our way. And, you know, we hope to, we, 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 we don't care what type of stuff it is. If it's a movie, if it's a TV show, we love it all and, and, uh, treat them the same. And, and, uh, if they can fit in there, then, then we got them covered. So one of the other things that I noticed from, from some of your material, particularly on your website is that, and maybe it's social media as well. Your company tends to have a, a pretty good relationship with interns, folks that are coming up in the industry and trying to learn. Can yeah. you talk a little bit about that? Is because I, you know, from from my perspective, that is an amazing uh service that you're providing to the next generation of folks in your industry. Yes. And we're thanks for bringing that up. We're really proud of our internship program. And it was I had a lot of goals in mind when I moved here and and opened third rail one of which was connectivity to our community and and not just to be a kind of a studio whose productions tuck themselves away secretly they do require a certain level of privacy but uh, as a studio entity we wanted to utilize people's excitement about it in the community to do good things around uh Atlanta and one of those is an internship program that you know many industries i think are a little bit um mystifying to people like, hey, I want to do this, but how do I get in there? Uh, and so we wanted to make sure we had an internship program that was really educational, really hands-on, and that we were all available to our interns to answer questions about not only filmmaking, but the industry itself and how to get in there and what the pathways are. And I'll give a, a shout out to our head of marketing, Myra Garcia. She's put together an really incredible program for our interns. It is it is uh, kind of an all-encompassing program, meaning it's not just about learning about what people at a f- studio do. It's also about uh, we teach the interns about how to uh, write coverage on scripts and provide creative notes on those scripts about how to improve them, which is a skill that anyone in the industry should be able to do. We teach them about the differences between agents and managers and production companies and studios and entertainment lawyers and all all those facets. Uh, so they have a true understanding of the industry before they graduate from college. And then we take it a step further uh, at the end of their internships. If they need help in any way, introductions to people you know, we helped one of our interns get a job in L.A. Last year, I'm trying to get another former intern of ours a job in L.A. Um, we hate to see them leave Georgia, but, you know, it's also a great thing to be able to explore this industry in its home base. And so we try and get jobs for them and introduce them to to real people who can answer their questions, too. So we we feel it's valuable to help explain and create those pathways and to really get people into the industry. You know, an internship's only as good as 
I think the end result, you know, knowledge is great, but uh, practical application of it is essential. So we, we're psyched. If we can, we're trying to get every single one of our interns a job if we can. And uh, I only wish we could do have more each uh, semester, but we can only maybe fit three to five people in the in our kind of admin space. We can do a little bit more right now because we're virtual. But um, you know, we're really proud of it, and I look forward to. Uh, they also make a sorry to. Add one more thing. They also make a short film every semester, which is which is a great thing to just help uh, you know understand crew members' jobs and to create something that they can utilize and hopefully get into you know submit to film festivals or just use it on their their personal reel. So we're proud of our interns and uh, look look forward to to more. We're, our new batch starts uh, next week. Well, thank thank you for being a steward of the industry. I mean, taking on students that are learning and working with them to get experience and knowledge, not just book smarts, but practical experience is, is quite a feat and quite a service to those folks. Uh, so, it, you know, thank you. Cause that, everybody that has taken on an intern knows it's never mm-hmm. just a simple process of, Hey, the intern shows up and you hand them a test to do. There's a lot of, there's a lot that has to go into that program and it's a lot of work. So yeah. thank you for taking that time and making that effort. That's great. Absolutely. It's, it's a real treat for me. Honestly, I I wish I had something like that when I was in school. I just, I just didn't. And it just to understand the industry a little bit better before you're uh, sent out into the wild is so important. And, uh, you know, we love doing it. Well, that is great. Let me shift gears for just a moment into the concept of entrepreneurship, you know, leading a business like third rail You've obviously had the ups, the downs, the in-betweens, and the everydays. Mm-hmm. What I always like to ask my guests is, you know, do you have a piece of advice that you would give to somebody that's considering getting into your industry and something that might save them a sleepless night or a headache, something that could just be a tip that if you'd have had that tip back in the beginning, it might have saved you some trouble as well? Sure. Well, I, you know, for me, the the number one thing... I always had it, which it was a passion for the product, right? I think that people get into different industries for various reasons. Sometimes uh, what I think for the wrong reasons, uh, meaning they just think it's cool or they just think they're going to make money or something like that. But to me, money is something that comes when you are passionate about what you do. And when it is a joy, that what you're doing is a joy. And that, I know it's cliche, but that it doesn't necessarily feel like work because you enjoy the industry you're in. Uh, So for me, there was a, it was eye-opening to go from someone who loved movies to then seeing the practical elements of the film industry, because they're two different things to sit down and just watch a movie versus see how the sausage is made. Sure. But it was a, it was a natural fit because I loved the end product so much that I was willing to pretty much do any job because I just wanted to to be in there and help get the thing made. And I still feel that way. I am, you know, still a producer on the side and I'm looking around for projects. And I love those uh, waters. But but I I run third rail and I love running a studio. And even though I'm not the one rolling the camera or writing a script or hiring someone to, I still feel like we're very much part of the project and uh, and help 
push that giant boulder up the mountain, you know? And, um, so I'd say number one is like, make sure you really are into what you're, what you want, you know, into the industry, make sure you love this thing because there are so many personalities involved in it. And I've been lucky enough. I've, I've pretty much only worked with really nice people and I know how incredibly lucky that is. Even the agent I worked for, Justin Silvera, just total nice guy. Uh, I had friends who worked for other agents who were awful to them as their assistants. Um, but I worked for like the nicest guy in the room. So I've just been very lucky, but that's not always the case. So you're going to have to deal with so many personalities and so many you know negative moments on that front that you better be really into this industry or, you know, the final product, or you're not going to be able to handle those things. That's another brings me to my next point. I would say to anyone, uh, getting into this industry, although I'd say to anyone in any industry is, uh, you know, be a nice person, be, be kind and, and be positive. It, it, it comes around in a nice way, I think. And for me, I guess I was raised that way. There's no other way to be, but I feel like, the pressures of of this industry, the competition to get jobs can make certain people a little bit cynical, potentially a little nastier. And I never saw that paying off for people. And if it did, I didn't really respect those people anyway. You can be you can be nice in a cutthroat industry and come out ahead. So I'd say, you know, remember that uh, as well. And then I'd say um, networking is the most important thing you can do in your career, in any career. But, you know, we're speaking about film and TV right now. Get involved in any group you can. Go out and have coffee with people. Cold call or cold email people that you want to meet. Learn about the industry. Don't just kind of jab at it and say, I'm interested. Don't know what. Learn about it. Be active about it. And I think people are more apt to get back to you than you think they are. If you if you keep it low key and just say, hey, I'd like to learn more about what you do, or I'd like to learn more about your company. I, I think that networking is key. We all hear that old phrase, it's who you know. And uh, in many ways, that's very true. So I think about my first two jobs in the industry, uh, working with Knight Shyamalan and then the Jim Henson company. I was introduced to both of those people and both of those jobs via Penn State graduates who were my friends who who made those introductions. So I'd say networking is is a is a huge deal. And don't get bogged down in the um, minutia of what you know or what you don't know. If you're smart and have energy, maybe even forget about smart. If you have energy and a desire to work and learn, you're going to be in good shape. Uh, so if you couple that with networking, um, you'll you'll do fine. Those are great tips, Dan, really. And I think, as you mentioned, with at least one of them, they really apply beyond your industry. It's it's sort of, those yeah. are almost universal truths. Yeah, yeah. And I think, and I, but I, I do think it's, uh, they are, but I, I do think that they fit more than anything specific I can say about film and TV. You know, that would only apply to that. I do think that learning about the industry is is a big deal to is just a huge deal because like i said it's not really talked about that much in most film schools right about all the pathways people know about actors and directors and people have seen crew members hanging out but there's so much more kind of business in 
the film world that uh, that is not focused on in school anywhere. So I think just meeting people, learning about it, um, you'll find your opportunities. Thank you for those tips. Those were all great tips that are, like I said, I think not only applicable to the folks in your industry, but beyond. The um, last thing I'd like to close with here is how do folks learn more about you and Third Rail Studio? What's What's the best way to find out more about you? Well, they certainly can can go to our web website, thirdrailstudios.com, uh, all spelled out. And my email's on there. It's dan at thirdrailstudios.com. I'm always happy to talk to people. I love to go and, you know, talk to various groups about the film industry. I am an advocate for the industry overall. It's, um, it's treated me very well in my life and I'm excited for what's next. I feel like I'm maybe a quarter of the way through and I love it very much and I love talking about it with people. And if they have questions, they can certainly reach directly out to me and I will get back to them. And if they want to learn just like what a studio looks like, they can check out our website. They can, they can look at, at all the other, you know, just do a search on Atlanta film studios and there'll be a nice list of, of all those in town. Yeah. There's a lot of information out there, but um, you know, we're always happy to, uh, to talk to people. Well, Dan, I really appreciate you taking the time out of your schedule to be a guest on the building business podcast. I really enjoyed the conversation. Really glad you took the opportunity to speak with me. Matt, thanks for having me. It was a, it was a pleasure for me, and, and I, I really thank you very much. And I uh, hope you stay safe and healthy. Likewise, Dan. Thank you. You have been listening to the Building Business Podcast. You can follow Matt on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. If you haven't yet, please subscribe, rate, and review our podcast. You can also visit our website, thebuildingbusinesspodcast.com, to see show notes, hear other episodes, and find other resources for entrepreneurs. Please join us again for our next episode. Thank you for listening.